This is a dynamic space that is evolving. Even the standards are evolving, but that doesn't mean we need to sit and wait for all these things to settle. The consumers. We can look forward to a convenient, a seamless, a personalized, and a much more secure future. RAM wasn't built in one day, so it's going to be an iterative process. It's not too late to start. An ancient Chinese proverb reads, a journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. From finding the courage to take it, to making sure that it's a step in the right direction, we're closing out our digital ID discussion with a focus on action. This is Beyond, a podcast exploring cybersecurity and business today, tomorrow, and beyond. I'm Hartash Nijar, leader of KPMG Canada's national cybersecurity practice. Journey with me into the world of cybersecurity to understand the vital role it'll play in protecting our future. And I'm your host, Tamara Stanners. Today, we're bringing our exploration of digital identity to a close. At this point, we've made an audio voyage into the future. You, our listener, should by now be familiar with what digital identity is, how it stands to change many facets of our current identity verification processes, and what it might take to protect this newly formed system. Now, as our journey nears its end, we return back to the present. In this episode, you'll have a chance to hear, once again, from each of our speakers as they impart a few key takeaways for Canadian citizens, governments, and businesses. For if there's one message our listeners should walk away with, it's that no one group will be able to bring digital identity to life on their own. It will require a close and collaborative effort between citizens, governments, and businesses. With that, let's address the first of these three stakeholder groups, Canadian citizens. What can each of us do today to protect our identities? It's critical for consumers to first understand where their data is. We're hearing again from Eric Berg, KPMG's technology risk specialist. Different mobile devices, laptops, both physical hard copy and digital information that's scattered all over the place. It's critical to understand where that information is and what type of security controls you have over that information. You wouldn't be leaving your passport in a open mailbox outside your house. Same with digital information. It should have security on it. It should have encryption on it. Second, be very diligent in how much you provide as far as personal information to third parties. They may not need it. It should be on a need-to-know basis based upon a specific business and functional need. Sometimes, unfortunately, we see third parties asking for more information than they actually need and consumers happily giving over that information, which may not be necessary. So I think awareness on both sides is pretty critical. While citizens might still have a while to wait before a pan-Canadian digital identity ecosystem spans the country, we can do our part to protect our identities today. Be vigilant, aware, and cautious, not just for our own protection, but also that of our loved ones. We usually forget that in our world, young people, our kids also have access to internet. 
I'm a father myself. I have three kids. And one of the things that we should start doing more and more is watch out for our young kids. Not only practice the good hygiene in using the internet and around digital IDs, but also teaching it to our kids. Better solutions are coming. I have no doubt around that. But meanwhile, protect identities, protect data of younger people is very important. Younger generations are digital natives. The bulk of their education, social lives, and pastimes are on the digital plane. So developing a skill set around how and when to safely share personally identifiable information online is a must. Welcome to the League of Lords Mid-Season Invitational. All right, Sam, what are we watching here? Just the greatest gaming tournament ever, Dad. The League of Lords Mid-Season Invitational. Those guys over there are the players, and you see what they're doing on the big screen, right? It's so dark in here. Where's the hot dog vendor? Ah, darn, I forgot my cash. Dad, come on. It's not 1984. You order everything from your phone now. Hey, can I get your credit card? You can ask more politely, please. And what for? May I please have your credit card? Kurt just sent me a DM to download this new game. He says it's like really sick. You go around capturing kingdoms and earning jeweled armor. He's already on level four and I have to get it before he's untouchable. Let me see that message for a second. Okay, first off, this seems a little fishy to me. I mean, look at all these grammatical errors. He even spelled your name wrong. And don't you think it's strange that Kurt is asking for credit card information directly? Why don't you text him and ask him if he actually sent you that message? Oh, come on, Dad. No, ah, come on, Dad. Either you write the message or no credit card. Fine. Huh? So, was I right? Yeah, Kurt's never even heard of this game. Just because someone asks for information doesn't mean they have a right to see it. We all need to stay vigilant and constantly ask the right questions before allowing anyone, whether in person or online, to access our personal information. And while we do the hard work today to protect our identities, we do have a very bright future to look forward to. With the implementation of digital ID, the shift of power and control is toward us, the consumers. We can look forward to a convenient, a seamless, a personalized, and a much more secure future. We can now determine who, when, and why someone or an organization might access or use our personal information. With this empowerment, we can feel more safe and confident with the security of who we are in our identity. It's no surprise that on the road to a pan-Canadian digital identity ecosystem, governments, the foundational issuers of identity, will play a vital role. Building up that new digital identity infrastructure will require effort from public and private sector. So these actors need to work together in order to deliver a strong digital identity framework. We're hearing once again from Mark Chaput. KPMG's Identity and Access Management Specialist. I think that our country is a little bit late. It's not too late, but some other countries far in front of us with this regard. So we need our public sector government to start working on the standard, the governance, all that is required as a rule, compliance, laws, legislation that needs to be put in place. And then we have the private sector who will be helping on 
building the actual infrastructure which will be supporting that new digital identity. So there's many industries who will be required to be at the table of that collaboration. So of course, it will take some time. RAM wasn't built in one day, so it's going to be an iterative process. It's not too late to start, so let's get started and build that exciting and new identity paradigm. Where Mark encourages swift action, Sylvia Kingsmill, KPMG's global cyber privacy lead, whom we heard from in episode three, urges for legislative reform. One call to action is legislative reform. We still have a long way to go to ensure that the requirements that are needed to ensure the customer experience, the privacy protections are there, the trust, all the things that are required to, in effect, make digital identity a reality for the government. It starts with legal reform. We still not yet have a legislative framework that sets the rules of engagement for private business and enterprise across Canada and for federally regulated entities through federal privacy law. We do have a provincial legislative framework that enables some of this to happen through Bill 64 in Quebec, but the other provinces are still in consultations with the government with respect to how their respective law is going to look and feel like. So in order for us to give citizens, businesses, and everyone who will be relying on a digital ID in the near future, if we're going to play this game, we need some rules of engagement. And that hasn't yet happened in a harmonized way across Canada. In this team effort of building a digital identity framework, businesses must also keep privacy at the forefront. Think about it with a privacy-first mindset. That's Sylvia again, speaking to Canadian businesses. It's a cultural change. It's adopting privacy by design thinking. It's about looking at the emerging technology and before launching it in the marketplace, thinking about what the privacy and security default setting should be so that we can get the trusted ID out there in an effective way. And I think it's on us to look to market solutions, industry standards and best practices to get ahead of the legislative curve and get out of the gate a lot faster. Because it might be some while yet before we see any legislative change. So we don't want to wait for laws to dictate the future of a new digital landscape. We want to start adopting best practices and getting out there a bit faster. There is a real sense of urgency for taking the right first steps forward, which is no surprise given the potential benefits of digital IDs. Speaking of first steps, if you're a Canadian business executive listening to this episode today, what should you do if you want to reap the benefits of the first mover advantage in the digital ID space? Imran Bashir, KPMG's digital identity lead, shares. Understanding your customers before you even embark on your digital identity journey. What are your customers' pain points? What are your use cases for interacting with them? How can identity even help solve the problems. There are some cases in business today where identity doesn't even come up. A lot of transactions are anonymous in nature. Maybe it doesn't need digital identity and that's fine. Priority number one needs to be to identify those cases where digital identity is needed in your business, where today you are accepting some sort of manual or analog proof of identity, or you're doing some sort of manual check in the background that could be made more efficient, more robust, and more trustworthy An important element of a digital identity implementation is to understand your place in the ecosystem. Are you an identity provider? Are you an identity consumer? Are you both? Understanding 
where you play in this pan-Canadian ecosystem that we kind of dream of here, of trusted sources issuing trusted identity to relying parties or people that rely on this information, there is possibly a place where you play a role in multiple areas. So better understanding your organization's role in this ecosystem is important. And then understanding what standards you would need to follow, what rules framework you need to abide by in order to play in this ecosystem and be allowed to continue in this ecosystem as well. It's about seeing true value and use cases beyond the hype, but balancing this analysis with timely action. I encourage organizations to take a culture of experimentation in this space as well. This is a dynamic space that is evolving. Even the standards are evolving, but that doesn't mean we need to sit and wait for all these things to settle. I worry about waiting too long and losing interest in the customer base and risk businesses becoming irrelevant because we didn't change fast enough. One of the key challenges with any digital transformation is making sure that speed to market doesn't compromise security. And as this is a podcast about how we can protect a digitally enabled future, we'd be remiss not to point out the importance of staying ahead of the threat landscape. Good afternoon, Maria. Hey, Constance. How are you doing today? Solid. I've been running penetration tests all morning, so feeling pretty productive for a Monday. Great to hear. All right. We need to talk about that traffic check and the application gateway today. But before we get to that, can you please share the results of the penetration test you conducted? Uh, Constance, you cut out for a second there. Oh, sorry. I was just saying that I'm hoping for good news today. I know the round of tests we ran at the beginning of the year were all very solid, so this is just a formality. Regardless, how do we do? Well, actually, this round I found a way into your data repository through a pinhole in the firewall. Really? But we just patched a bunch of holes and completed the optimization exercise just last fiscal. I know, but the threat landscape is constantly evolving. It doesn't take time for a coffee break. Right. Listen, Constance, you and your team are already ahead of the game just by dedicating the amount of time and resources that you have to strengthening your defenses. But coming from somebody who does this for a living, trust me when I say that these exercises can't be a once-a-year thing. Attackers won't rest, and we can't either. All right. I'll have our team look into this and assemble a task force tomorrow. Or maybe this afternoon. Or maybe this afternoon. Remember, cybercrime is easy. Protection is hard. Attacks will always be a possibility. And no matter how sophisticated your defenses, a false sense of immunity will only spell disaster. If we are to keep our technology-enabled future safe and bring the full promise of digital identity to life, then we'll need to build security into the foundations of our identity systems and be proactive in maintaining strong defenses today, tomorrow, and beyond. I've been your host, Tamara Stanners. Thank you for choosing to take this journey with us, and we hope you'll join us again in October 2022 for our next Future Focus series. Until then, take care.